Montesiolo, our fourth year resident at St. Mary Mercy, uh, emergency medicine resident uh, in Livonia, Michigan. I'm here with Dr. Patty Paz, attending physician and podcast aficionado. Uh, today we're going to talk about endocarditis, um, and she has an interesting case for us. So, hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, yes, uh, I'll never forget, I was a medical student, and uh, we had a patient who was actually one of our attendings downtown. And uh, he was not an ED attending uh, on an other service. And he was admitted, and I was on the medicine team at that time rounding because he had persistent fevers. And they were trying to figure out what his source was. He had some mild URI symptoms, but we had worked him up completely. And finally, we figured out uh, that he had endocarditis uh, from his blood cultures. And that's a lot of times how you find out, because you're like, wait, why do they have these positive blood cultures and why is it such a strange bug he ended up having an unusual he had the HACEK H-A-C-E-K which is kind of a multiple they were it's changed over the years but it's like hemophilus parainfluenza and multiple rare bugs that they group into this um, uh, HACEK uh, basically subset and so when of course, we had the positive blood cultures. Then we went back and did our physical exam again on him. And as a med student, you know, you really focus. And then I did find some palatal petechiae, which, you know, when you do your physical exam, I hadn't done the lowering the, the lower lid. And he had petechiae on his inner uh, aspect of his lower lid and had some uh, petechiae on the palate of his mouth, which I probably wouldn't have really honed in on too much, but then I found splinter hemorrhages on him as well. So that showed me that really the physical, had I had done like a more detailed physical exam and just did head to toe, I probably would have seen those and it would have been a little bit earlier found before the blood culture. So that was a good learning. You really have to undress the patient and look at them from head to toe. Mucosa, remember mucosa involvement as well. So we can talk about a couple things and yeah, so I mean, it's very helpful tips in terms of physical exam. But is there anything? Um, are there any particular people that are at risk for developing endocarditis? Yes, and um, our patient was not somebody that was high risk. So congenital heart disease, prosthetic heart valves. Um, we do see a fair number of IV drug abusers. So when you see a patient with a fever who is an IV drug abuser, you should think you know that should be in your. Uh, differential. Uh, people with a history of mitral valve prolapse, pacemakers, like we talked about today. Uh, any indwelling catheters and previous history of endocarditis. So just because they've had it before doesn't mean they can't have it again. They actually have a high risk factor of having recurrence. As well as people which we've seen with very, very poor dental hygiene, they're higher risk as well. Okay, so who gets endocarditis more? Is it men or women, or is it is this something we should look for in elderly patients, or? So yes, that's a good question because men win on this one. Men get it more than women, and it's usually greater than age 50, so. Right. Which valves are usually most involved? So there's a mnemonic, it's like MAT-P is how I used to remember. So mitral is greater than aortic, greater than tricuspid, greater than pulmonic, and so we'll talk a little bit more do you guys, uh, do you know, Mike, who I, the IV drug abusers usually, which valve? Tricuspid valve usually, I believe. That is correct. All right. Uh, in native valve endocarditis, which bug is most the most common cause? Which pathogen? Uh, 
in the native elf, you usually see strep. So you see gram positives usually in both and all of them. Staph is, you know, definitely on your list for the majority, but in native elf, it's usually streptococci. And you touched on it uh, just there, but in IV drug abusers and people with prosthetic valves, the most common pathogen is usually staph, and you have to cover for the MRSA, which is mm -hmm. pretty endemic now, and it's usually staph aureus. Um, do you know the difference between left-sided endocarditis and right-sided? Yes, yeah, so that's a good question because they, in IV drug abusers, you tend to see more of the right-sided. So right-sided is tricuspid and pulmonic, left-sided is mitral and aortic. And so, um, so the bugs are a little bit different, actually. So you see strep viridins a lot of times in the left-sided. Um, you see staph aureus as well. And the left side's worse as far as mortality. So they die more. Patients will die more of the left-sided endocarditis than the right-sided endocarditis. They usually have embolic events um, to the different areas of their body as well as strokes, CNS embolic events as well. Whereas the right-sided is typically, always just remember, especially for boards, IV drug abusers, right side, tricuspid. So that's the typical, like the, just kind of put those hand in hand. The bugs are usually staph, uh, strep, and gram negative. So for IV drug abusers specifically, um, you have to cover MRSA because they're shooting into their skin, right? So that's an easy way to remember that. And then they also are at risk for gram negatives as well. They have emboli. Um, the, the patients that have the IV drug abusers, sometimes you'll see this funny looking chest x-ray and they'll have septic emboli in their lungs, which will look like this like nodular infiltrates, but it's bilaterally and it's because they have septic emboli. So that's something that you also, when you're calling someone a pneumonia and it looks like a funny pneumonia and they're an IV drug abuser, just think this could be septic emboli. All right. Um, when patients do, we touch on prosthetic valves. Um, when is the most common time frame you should be looking for endocarditis? So within the first two months, Mike. Um, so if you have a patient that comes after their uh, surgery and they have a fever that has to be high on your differential, especially within the first two months. And it's usually staph epi or staph aureus and staph epi because of the skin contamination during the surgery, that type of thing. All right, and you touched on this earlier with your physical exam pearls, but are there, um, can we review some of the physical exam findings that are common in uh, endocarditis? Okay, so there's two things that you can find on the hands and or the feet. The ostler nodes, and so the mnemonic for that one, I like mnemonics, is the ostler ow. So they're painful, whereas the Janeway lesions, they're non-painful. And those are also seen on hands and feet. Um, when you do the physical examination, it's always good to examine the eyes and Roth spots are important because they're retinal hemorrhages with a central clearing. So that's path and mnemonic for Roth spots. Uh, splinter hemorrhages like what are attending what had downtown they're just little like underneath the nail bed you'll see these little splinter hemorrhages which are basically like little areas of petechiae that are linear underneath the nails and then of course the petechiae so if you see petechiae that should also you know we always go down the low platelet pathway think of DIC think of all these other things but think also petechiae can be a presentation of endocarditis as well all right it's an, it's a pretty serious disease so what kind of antibiotics are you thinking for what's the antibiotic of choice. So, you know, when you do the reading on endocarditis and you look at for it, most of the time they'll categorize it at, after you have the blood culture positive. But in the ED, we don't have the luxury of having an identifying. So we need to cover broad and cover everything. You have to cover 
both for the gram positives, the MRSA, the gram negative. So usually using the Vanco along with a good gram negative coverage that covers Pseudomonas. So the Pseudomonal coverage would be Miram, Zosin, um, Gent. So a lot of times Bank and Gent or Vank and any gram negative broad spectrum that covers Pseudomonas will cover it. All right. Well, thank you very much. It was informative and interesting. <laughs>